Wow. I feel slightly under pressure now. <laughs> it's cool. And we fixed the internet. I mean, wow. That's impressive. Cool. Well, I'm going to actually tell you another story on top of one you've heard. So I'm going to read to you from Acts chapter 10. And I'm reading uh, this from the message. There was a man named Cornelius who lived in Caesarea, captain of the Italian guard stationed there. He was a thoroughly good man. He had led everyone in his house to live worshipfully before God, was always helping people in need and had the habit of prayer. One day, about three o'clock in the afternoon, he had a vision. An angel of God, as real as his next door neighbor, came in and said, Cornelius. Well, uh, the angel gives him a message and tells him he has to send for to find and fetch Peter. He's in another town. Picking up from verse 9. The next day, as these three travellers were approaching the town, Peter went out onto the balcony to pray. It was about noon. Peter got hungry and started thinking about lunch. Does that happen to you when you go to pray? While lunch was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the skies open up and something that looked like a huge blanket lowered by ropes at its four corners, settled onto the ground. Every kind of animal and reptile and bird you could think of was on it. Then a voice came, go to it, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, oh no, Lord, I've never so much as tasted food that was not kosher. The voice came a second time. If God says it's okay, it's okay. This happened three times and then the blanket was pulled up into the skies. As Peter, puzzled, sat there trying to figure out what it all meant, the men sent by Cornelius showed up at Simon the Tanner's house at the front door. They called in asking if there was a Simon, also called Peter, staying there. Peter Lost in thought, didn't hear them. So the spirit whispered to him, three men are knocking at the door looking for you. Get down there and go with them. Don't ask any questions. I sent them to get you. So Peter went downstairs and said to the men, I think I'm the man that you're looking for. What's up? Tell it's the message version, can't you? What's up? So anyway, these men explain to Peter why they've come and Peter invites them to stay for the night. And the next day, they travel to the house of Cornelius together with some of Peter's friends. And when they get there, they meet Cornelius. He's gathered his relatives and friends to hear Peter speak. Verse 27. Talking things over, they went into the house where Cornelius introduced Peter to everyone who had come. Peter addressed them. You know, I'm sure that this is highly irregular. Jews just don't do this. Visit and relax with people of another race. But God has shown me that no race is better than any other. So the minute I was sent for, I came. No questions asked. But now I'd like to know why you have sent for me. So Cornelius tells Peter about the angel showing up 
during his mid-afternoon prayer time and indicates that they're now all really keen to hear what Peter has to say. Verse 34. Peter fairly exploded with his good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favourites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. The message he sent to the children of Israel that through Jesus Christ, everything is being put together again. Well, he's doing it everywhere, among everyone. So Peter starts to preach the gospel message and he speaks for for a while. Doesn't tell us how long. Till we get to verse 44. No sooner were these words out of Peter's mouth than the Holy Spirit came on the listeners. The believing Jews who had come with Peter couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe that the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on outsider, non-Jews. But there it was. They heard them speaking in tongues. Heard them praising God. Then Peter said, Do I hear any objections to baptising these friends with water? They've received the Holy Spirit exactly as we did. Hearing no objections, he ordered them to be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ. And they end up by asking Peter to stay over. It's an amazing story. I saw it so long, I chopped it down a bit, but you need to hear the whole thing to, to get what I want to share this morning. Firstly, do you want to say, what is this rather odd story about? The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, is for everyone. I heard Ruth this morning talking about Jesus and, and offering to chat with people about it. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus Christ. But you see, historically, there had been a distinction between Jewish people and non-Jewish people, or, or Gentiles, as they were called. Jews saw themselves as God's chosen people and everyone else was an outsider. But Jesus put an end to that distinction through his death on the cross and his resurrection. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 14, it says this, For he, that is Jesus, he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one. That's the two groups, Jews and non-Jews. He's made them one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. It's a great phrase. Jesus has destroyed the barrier, that dividing wall of hostility. We heard in the account that Peter says he recognises now that God plays no favourites. Thing is, God had to get Peter's attention and not just because he was trying to pray at midday and he was hungry and he was thinking about food. Peter didn't even realise that this was an issue. He didn't even realise they had a problem. Despite all that Peter has experienced, he still believes in the distinction between Jews and non-Jews. And these beliefs affected his attitudes. Peter's attitudes and his belief were a major hindrance to the growth of the church. And this story, this event, marks a massive breakthrough in the story of the early church. Just read the book of Acts and you'll see how pivotal this story is. But Peter has this massive blind spot. Peter's prejudices were ingrained. He was probably blind to them. He just didn't see them as being a problem at all. And what a great way to get his attention. 
this sheet coming down out of heaven. It was like the Holy Spirit was saying, oh, you hungry, Peter? Here you go, here's lunch. And he looks to see what's in there and thinks, oh, gosh, no, thank you, Lord. I'm not that hungry. It took time for Peter, even though he's seen this amazing vision, to realise the significance of what God was showing him. God really wasn't that bothered about changing his eating habits. There was a much bigger um, thing going on here. So that's the story. That's what's, what this story is teaching us. One of the things the story is teaching us. Why am I sharing this this morning? Well, we've been using a phrase. We've been using the phrase roots down and walls down. And that phrase is just to help us remember two of our priorities at this time. It's the importance of putting our roots down into our relationship with God, our roots stand into a relationship with one another in the church family, but also our roots stand into our relationships with other people, people we come into contact in our workplaces and and day-to-day lives. We want to build those relationships. And then the phrase walls down reminds us that we want to bring down any barriers that exist between us, us and others. And when we're thinking of walls, they can be internal as well as external Wars. It can be the wars between us and others within our church family. It can be wars between us and Christians in other places, maybe different churches, different towns. And also, obviously, the wars that can exist between us and society in general, our, our friends, our contacts, and so on. We want to bring all of those wars down. And whilst it is sad that wars exists, exist, it's best to be honest about them and to acknowledge them because then we can work on bringing them down. One particular word I could use to describe a wall is the word prejudice. Now, I recognise that's a very emotive word and people often react very quickly to say, oh, I'm not prejudiced. But let's just consider a definition to that word. Prejudice is an unfair an unreasonable opinion or feeling, especially when it is formed without enough thought or without knowledge. An unfair, an unreasonable opinion or feeling, especially when it is formed without enough thought or knowledge. Prejudice can be very deep-seated. You can be completely oblivious to the fact there's any that you carry any prejudice at all, or sometimes you can be aware of it. Peter had a prejudice, but he thought it was fine. He thought it was okay to think the way that he did. God had to get his attention to teach him that it wasn't okay. So what can we do about it? I believe we need to reflect, recognize, and repent. We need to prayerfully reflect on whether we, each one of us, I need to prayerfully reflect whether I have built up any walls of prejudice. I need to honestly recognise them and earnestly repent of them. Let me just open that up a little bit. Prayerfully reflect. Both these men, Peter and Cornelius, were praying. An angel spoke to Cornelius And the Holy Spirit spoke to Peter when he fell into a trance. They were both just going about their ordinary times of prayer. Cornelius, it was three o'clock in the afternoon, in that part of his story. 
and with Peter it was just before lunch. And yet it was when they were going about their ordinary times of prayer that they received a breakthrough. A breakthrough for themselves as individuals, but also a breakthrough in the history and the development of the early church. You know, you miss out on so much if you neglect to spend time in prayer. To have the discipline of regular prayer. And I get it, sometimes it's hard work. I mean, Peter was, couldn't stop thinking about his lunch. And yet the Holy Spirit still managed to grab his attention and speak to him. And one of the things I want to encourage is every one of us to make sure that we maintain um, and if we've lost the habit of regular prayer, that we, we go back to it. It is hard work at times, but it pays off. And in those times of prayer, one of those things you can say is, Lord, just open up my heart. Help me to see the blind spots that I have. Help me to see whether there are, I have barriers in my heart between myself and other people. And maybe barriers because of my prejudice because of my lack of understanding because of my lack of knowledge so that I'm behaving in an unfair uh, way so the first thing I'm encouraging is prayerful reflection the second thing is that we need to honestly recognize we need to be honest we need to acknowledge the discomfort that we feel sometimes when we start to recognize that there are issues within us and we need to face it You may even be aware already of areas where you think, Lord, I know I need to change in this area. Maybe that it's a blind spot for you as well. But if you know that you have a blind spot, if you know you have a prejudice, then you can start to do something about it. Recognition is a really helpful thing. It's not to bring you down. It's to say, okay, what do I need to do? Be open. Be open with yourself. Don't be defensive so prayer prayerfully reflect uh, honestly recognize and then the third thing is earnestly repent to repent is to be sorry and to repent is to say sorry and repentance means a change in thought which results in a change of actions there is a place for godly sorrow and Whilst it might not be appropriate to go to a person, it may not even be a single person anyway, but but to say sorry, we can always say sorry before God and repent before him. Um, And that's an important first step. And then by changing the way we think, we can start to change our behaviour, the things we do, the things we say. Ask God to help. The Holy Spirit will help you in these things. Remember the definition of prejudice. It's where things are unfair, unreasonable, because of um, a lack of knowledge, uh, a lack of thought. So let's spend some time thinking. Let's not be accused of a lack of thought. Let's give time to thinking about what's going on in each side of us. And let's work at gaining knowledge In whatever area of prejudice that you start to recognise, try to learn um, about those people that you have a sense of prejudice towards. In fact, there's some really good documentaries on BBC at the moment 
um, around the whole area of prejudice, particularly related to race, but there's some excellent materials. There's some great books as well out there. Let's, let's increase our knowledge and let's learn so that we can move away from prejudice because we start to improve on our understanding and we improve on our knowledge. So let's prayerfully reflect, earnestly recognise, sorry, honestly recognise and earnestly repent. We want to bring down walls of prejudice. I know this is not something we talk about very often. Um, And I know it can be an uncomfortable topic to speak about. But as long as it remains hidden, then we will never actually address it. God had to help Peter come to a point of recognition that there were issues he needed to deal with. And maybe God needs to help each of us to come to a point where we recognise that there are issues we need to address. I just want to mention one particular thing in, in conclusion, uh, specifically this happened recently. Um, you'll probably all be aware that at the end of the Euros, the football, football competition for those who are unaware, there was a lot of online hostility towards uh, black footballers. And I just want to stand here and say that's not okay. Um, I assume everybody in the room would say that it's not okay. But it's very easy for me to move on from that quite quickly. It doesn't affect me personally. And although I may be upset by what people do, nevertheless, it's quite easy to move on to the next thing. And you might think, well, that's a passing thing, but it creates an environment of hostility, which I can live in and not even recognise that it's there. And yet for people who are not white like me, that's the environment that they're having to live in. And I recognise that, and I recognise there are even people in their own church family that have to live with that in a way that I don't. And I just want to say that I stand with you. I want to stand with you in whatever way that I can. And be clear, that I don't believe that that's okay, that that sort of thing goes on. Um, I know I'm speaking for myself, but I believe that probably I'm speaking for many other people as well. And it's, when it, what I'm saying this morning in terms of bringing down the walls of prejudice, I'm not referring only to race. I'm, there's all sorts of different prejudice, but that's just one particular issue I wanted to mention this morning. So could we just pray together, please? I'm just bringing up a Bible verse on my phone. I'm just going to use a couple of verses from Psalm 139 uh, to structure my prayer here. This is from the ESV and it's verses 23 and 24. Search us, O God, and know our hearts. Try us and know our thoughts. See if there are any grievous ways in each one of us, Lord. And lead us in the way everlasting. Lord, as we just pray this prayer from 
thousands of years ago, yet it's still so relevant today. We ask you, Lord, to help each one of us. I ask you, Lord, to help me to be aware of those things in my heart, in my life, in my thoughts, where I need to be challenged, or I need to change. And I, Lord, I pray that you will then equip us and enable us to work to bring down whatever walls of prejudice there are that exist in each one of us so that, Lord, the love of Jesus can be seen and that your kingdom may come and that your will may be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.